She was a reporter, a news anchor, a journalist, executive director, entrepreneur, an Emmy Award winner, and so much more. Most importantly, she's an advocate for change, a leader through the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are speaking with Kathy Times. Join us as she speaks about her journey in the field of media, business, and education, and what her thoughts are about these changing times. Good morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Good oh, morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you doing? We're good. good. How are you? Oh, life is grand. I'm sticking to it. Thank you for um, doing this with us. I was like, you would be cool to interview. Oh, I'm glad yeah. you think that, that I'm still cool. I feel really good for an old girl. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm happy to. You guys have produced some awesome questions. Now, what are your majors? So I'm a finance major. Yeah, I'm a supply chain management. Oh, that's that's awesome. And you're doing a podcast. That's really great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's very, very diverse. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> when we started it, it was like funny how we got it together. We were like, yeah, we're two business majors, but we're going to make this work. I love it. I love it. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to What I Wish I Knew with Brandy and Salitha. So today we'd like to introduce our audience to Miss Kathy Times. An, award, an Emmy Award-winning journalist, former president of National Association of Black Journalists, former director of communications to the illustrious FAMU, or Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, um, business owner of Yellow Brick Properties, and <laughs> many more titles. And she also happens to be a family friend. So we're just glad to have her on. Yes, thank you, Kathy so much. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, your education major, and why you chose your major? Yes, and thank you for having me. I'm really excited to join you today. I grew up in Miami, Florida. In fact, I wrote an op-ed about my experience going up there in the midst of the 1980 riots, and it really made mm -hmm. me think about my childhood because it was so colorful, and I know that's one reason why I'm a journalist today. I had a really <laughs> exciting and good upbringing in Miami, and uh, I chose to attend FAMU because they had an excellent journalism program, and so I had a dual major, which was computer information systems and journalism. Mm -hmm. Wow. So... Have you always had a plan or a timeline of what you wanted to do after college? Like, did you have a list or um, what I call like dream board or goal board? No, I admire people who do. <laughs> but I took the long route to journalism. So I majored in computer information systems because it was really a lucrative opportunity, I thought, with the salary. So I ended up taking internships in computer information systems and journalism so that I could make a decision because I was really torn. Mm -hmm. And then I started working for the school newspaper as a sophomore. And that's when I really got excited. I was like, I can use my gift of gab to really make money, really? <laughs> and so that is why I was more so drawn to the world of journalism. But I really had to convince myself and my mother mm -hmm. and my sister who sent me a letter 
back in the day before we had emails, sent me a letter with dollar signs over a computer screen and pennies over the pen that my sister drew for me because they were like, you probably aren't going to make a lot of money in journalism. Let's think Uh this career through. (laughs) Yes, they did. I probably still have that letter. And so I interned at IBM as well as the Tampa Tribune so that I could really Uh see what do I want to do when I grow up. And I went ahead and I got the degree because I pretty much had completed all of the classes that I needed to get the computer information systems degree. And the technology background really has helped me in my aspirations. So I really don't regret getting the degree, but I continued to get my master's degree in journalism because I wanted to teach on a college level. And I never mm-hmm. looked behind. I never, I, I never looked back at uh, the, the career choice that I made. It, it's been extremely fulfilling. So to answer your question about the timeline experience for me, it was a matter of understanding I had to move up in journalism by going to that smaller market, you usually don't leave college and go to work for Good Morning America unless you're working as an associate producer. In mm-hmm. order for one to be successful on air as a journalist, you really start out in a market like Gainesville, which I did. You make your mistakes mm-hmm. and then you move on to another market. So my plan was to move every other year, every two years. Oh, and wow. I was, yeah, it was, I went from Gainesville with my first job on air to Mobile, Alabama, Mm -hmm. to Kansas City, Missouri. So I really was moving every other year. And then I really wanted to move home to Miami. So don't do this. Um, (laughs) Do not quit a good job without another job. I was growing. I really wanted to be an investigative reporter in Kansas City, Missouri. I was young. I probably was 26 years old and didn't realize the opportunity I had. I got a new boss. And instead of me signing an extension or a new contract, I decided to move to South Florida because my mentor was interested in hiring me. And I did not get the job and I was really crushed. Mm -hmm. So I did get a job at another station in South Florida in Miami. And I grew there. It was a crazy time when Versace was murdered. Uh, Miami's just a really awesome city to be a reporter in. But I really wasn't growing where I wanted to grow. So I always made an effort to move every other year. But if I had to give some advice about that timeline, make sure that you're flexible. Because if you're growing in a position like I was growing in Kansas City and the news director wanted to have me stay and grow there, then why not stay? Mm-hmm. So you can have that timeline, you can have that dream board, but make sure there's some flexibility in it. Right. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned you have, you had another major, it was with computer information systems. How did that like affect your first job right after graduation? Did that help you like tremendously? It didn't help me there, but it helped me when I decided to pursue opportunities as an investigative reporter, because At the time, they called it computer-assisted reporting. When you were using spreadsheets to take tons of data and be able to condense that in a way where you could deliver it intelligently to an audience. So for example, when I got my job, by the way, with a mentor who wasn't able to hire me in Miami, she hired me to start up the investigative unit in Birmingham. So it came back around full circle, well, whereas I got a great opportunity in Birmingham to do what I really wanted to do and that's be an investigative reporter and a television anchor. 
So one of the most memorable stories at the time was city hall parking tickets. There were people amassing thousands of dollars in parking tickets and no one was holding them accountable and the city needed the money. So we found someone who worked for the mayor's office who had all of these parking tickets and fines. The only way we were able to discover that is to be able to take a big data file and analyze it through uh, using Excel. Mm -hmm. So my ability to do that, I really had an appreciation for technology and I used that when I became more so an investigative reporter, but not early in my career. Today, it's more important than ever. And I've had to evolve and learn new um, skills, download apps, just you name it, I have to do it now. And I have a greater appreciation for it because of my degree. Yeah, that's awesome. So as you said, you you went from, um, so you were an investigative reporter and now you're like, you became a Emmy winning journalist. What would you say are your top three things that help you get to that point? Perseverance, integrity, and networking for sure. Mm-hmm. And networking is so important in any career. It's not necessarily who you know, but who knows you. Okay. So keeping in touch throughout the years, I would go to the National Association of Black Journalists Convention because they had a huge career fair. And I would connect with my mentor every year. I would choose those three or four places that I had an interest in working or I wanted to work for this company. NBC at the time owned the Birmingham station where I worked. So it was a great company to work for Mm -hmm. because I had an opportunity to produce live shots for MSNBC. The network would call us for video. So that was a great opportunity for me to connect with my mentor throughout the years. And eventually she was in a position to hire me. So networking, making sure that it's not who you know, but who knows you and they're keeping touch, you know, keeping in touch with those individuals. I say perseverance because the competition is so stiff for what I wanted to do in journalism, particularly being on air. Mm -hmm. So any field that you're in, you're going to have to persevere. You, You cannot take rejection personally you have to be in touch with people who can give you the opportunity, but also people who are willing to tell you their deficiencies. I, for example, a news director at one of the conventions told me that my smile, I needed to address a shift in my teeth. Um, and it was starting to, I guess, not be that attractive, attractive on air. So in my 30s, I got braces. I worked. I sacrificed. I made sure that I paid the orthodontist to give me the braces that were clear Mm -hmm. and I had to invest in my career. So I wasn't making a lot of money then, but I made sure that I invested in my career and myself and I straightened my teeth. (laughs) Yeah. You cannot take that personally. So be open to that criticism from your mentor. So perseverance, integrity, never, Uh, compromise your values for anyone or anything. It's not worth it. You have one brand, you have one life. And once you do something that compromises that reputation, then it takes a lot of work to get it back. That's Mm -hmm. true. So I'm interested. um, uh, What was your most memorable story you covered in all like your time being a journalist? 
I didn't really think about it until recently. I have a lot of fun, crazy stories, like the time I was out in the field. And this is in Gainesville. I was on the job and I interviewed someone about an elderly lady whose body was found. Um, and everyone spoke very highly of her. It turns out later in the day, that man who I interviewed was the suspect. Wow. And that is one of the crazier Whoa. moments, interviewing a murderer and you didn't know it. Another one, oh uh, probably the most, yeah, probably the most memorable one. Again, I just wrote about it in an op-ed was when I was investigating officers in a small Alabama city. And we got a tip that they were pulling over Hispanic or Latino drivers um, coming through the city because they were probably less likely to especially people who are driving through, they're less likely to go to traffic court and fight the fines. So it, they were racial profiling at the end of the day. And my videographer and I were sitting in an unmarked SUV recording them. Mm -hmm. And someone must have tipped them off that we were doing it because they surrounded our cars and they pointed their weapons in my face, like within, because I was driving mm -hmm. within a foot of me it felt like it was right in my at my nose and said show us your hands my videographer said what do I do with the camera I said put it down because you have a red light on it and they may think that we're going to shoot them so we sh we showed our hands we got out of the vehicle and they immediately handcuffed us and treated us like criminals and it takes a lot of restraint to be calm about it which I was but I was very angry and I asked that, what were we under arrest for? And they said, what are you doing? They were questioning us. I said, we're doing our job. And I told them, I said, we got reports of racial profiling. So they were going to take us in. And I asked that they call the police chief. Mm -hmm. And they did. They let me go and took my photographer to the police station because they said there was a warrant for his arrest. It took a while for them to clear it up, but there was someone with his name and he had a common name and it turns out it was not him. This was a law abiding man with two small children and we were shaken. We were, we were angry, more angry than shaken, but we ended up producing the story and it won us our first Emmy. Wow. So, wow. That is definitely, I would say the most memorable story. And I've had a lot of other fun flying with the air force Thunderbirds things that people would pay uh, to do. We had the opportunity to do it. That's awesome. So in regards to the Emmy, was that ever a goal of yours to win something like that? And like, what, you know, what did you feel when you got that? I felt like I had really reached the pinnacle of my career. At the same time, it was proof that if you just do your job and you do it well, good things will come your way. Mm -hmm. And one thing I learned is we weren't necessarily entering the competitions. So in order for you to win, someone is just going to knock on your door and say, hey, you've done a great job. Here's an Emmy. But you have to put yourself in the position yeah. to mm -hmm. be considered. And I didn't think I would win because we didn't get the great video that I wanted. But we did. And to be on that stage was just an amazing moment for me in my career. Um, I, I did want to win an Emmy. That was a goal. But mm -hmm. 
but I didn't know how, when, or what story, you know, how it would happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened because we were in a position to fight for the voiceless, be the voice of the voiceless, which is what I have always wanted to do in my career. So it was extremely rewarding. That's awesome. That's a, yeah, that's exciting. Um, so what prompted you to start Yellow Brick Media Concepts in 2011? I was really at the end of my career and serving as president of the National Association of Black Journalists. It was a very stressful time in my life for a number of reasons. And self-care, I have to stress to you, is, is so important no matter where you are in your life. So I was at a point where I knew I wanted to do something different and I was extremely passionate about journalism. So when I stepped away from the anchor desk, at the time I was married to an entrepreneur. We're now divorced, but we still have a good relationship. And I admired my ex-husband because he was an entrepreneur and I got to see what he was able to contribute and give back to the community because he was able to employ people He was able to make contributions financially. Um, And I said, that's what I want to do. I want to start my own business. So he and I started another business together. And at the same time, call me crazy, I started Yellow Brick Media because a friend of ours asked, what are you going to do with your talents? We need some help in public relations. And this was the Children's Defense Fund Southern Region. I was able to use the skills that I had to tell some amazing stories and to help people get the message out about disparities and whatever they wanted to share with the community. Mm-hmm. Would you call that kind of a re like a rebranding of your vision? Oh, absolutely. When I was NABJ president, one thing that we really stressed was creating your own brand and transferring your skills for the use of your own brand. Um, so that was something that we really preached, so to speak, at NABJ, and we made sure that we gave the members the skills that they needed and the training that they needed to reinvent themselves. Wow. Especially in the midst of any time you have turmoil like we have today or a recession mm-hmm. like it was in 2008, 2009, yes. people were losing their jobs left and right. It was depressing. So you had to really rebrand, reinvent yourself with the skills that you have and make sure they're transferable. So I knew that as a, if you are an amazing writer, if you love to read, you have skills that can be used today because a lot of people are not in a position where they can write on deadline like journalists mm-hmm. are. So you have to look at the skills that you have. If you're good at math and you can help people with their accounting, volunteering. And that's what I did a lot. I volunteered the skills that I have to help out organizations. And at the end of the day, that is helping me make a living. And it's, it's very rewarding. That's true. Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so I saw that you are also involved in WOW 1 or, or 1000. And um, can you tell us how you got started with that? Wow came about as a result of the summers when I wasn't as busy with some of my clients like Jackson State University. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at, again, reinventing myself. What can I do with the skills that I have to help other people? I started holding workshops for professionals to help them 
assess their brand and understand the value and how to present it to their audience of wow, you know, wow, an audience of one or 1000. And that was rewarding for me because I help people understand the value of recording themselves and practicing in front of a camera for those job interviews, things that were natural for me. I use those skills to help other people build their brand and communicate it to an audience of one, whether they're preparing for a job interview or thousands, they are making presentations in person or thousands can be online in the digital space. So that is how WOW came to be. And I started facilitating workshops in other cities like Atlanta, Minneapolis, and the Dean of Undergraduate Studies, he is no longer there. He is now in another position with the city of Jackson, but he saw what I was doing and he said, how can you help my students with this program? So that's when I wrote an iBook entitled WOW 1 or 1000 for college students for those students. And we were in an 11 week class with honor students and they received, I think it was honors credit and they came voluntarily. So I saw how what we were teaching transformed the lives of students. Some were introverted. They were all extremely bright, but they needed help selling their brand. Mm -hmm. So WOW helps students in particular define, communicate, and then activate. We give them that dream board or that strategic plan for activating their brand. And it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. I left my position in February Mm -hmm. to do this full time. Wow. That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You want, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing is wowing your audience every day. (laughs) I just find it really amazing that everything you've done has like found a way to, you know, just go back and help the community. Yeah. Um, so you also work at FAMU. Was there a major influence that led you back to your alma mater? Yes. I love to think of myself as a change agent, as a problem solver. And as an entrepreneur, that's what you get paid to do, solve people's problems. And I had been in positions of executive leadership, and I felt like I could give something back to the university and had been working with the National Alumni Association. They were a client, as a matter of fact. And so at the time I was invited or the president of the university called to offer me the position, I was actually looking at moving back to Florida to be closer to my mom in South Mm -hmm. Florida. I was in Jackson, Mississippi at the time, had gone through a divorce. And I had started working with a client in Florida. So the timing, when I tell you sometimes life is about if you, you, you walk in a way that I believe is pleasing to God, he's going to open doors for you that you don't even seek mm-hmm. out. So Brandy and Salita, I was at a time in my life where I really wanted to come home and got the call from the interim president of Florida a University asking me to head up not only the university's communications, but I would be responsible for his communications as well. And initially I was really torn about leaving my company. It was five years old, but I knew that it was so important for me to be among family. Mm -hmm. So this was an opportunity for me to take a job that I was really passionate about and help the university because the move came during a pivotal time for the university. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have new leadership, and I believed in this leader, it was an honor for me to serve and accept the position. So that's why I accepted the position. 
And I stayed there for three years and I really wanted to leave the office and the university's brand in a better place. And um, I, I did that because of a strategic goal. So you talk about a timeline. The timeline for me was to stay there to help the president um, as well as my office carry out and complete the goals in our strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And before I left, the only goal I think that was not realized was to build a new website for the university. And it was in the process before I left. My office was helping with the content part of it. So I felt like I completed what I set out to do and it was time for me to move on. But it was one of the most rewarding opportunities that I had and I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. Wow. And to be around, you know, I'm sorry, but to be around the future leaders, some of the most innovative minds, brilliant minds in the world where you ladies are Mm -hmm. now was just I love that being around the students and, and helping them reach their goals as well. That, that was just um, an amazing time for me. That's awesome. Oh yeah. So I know you mentioned uh, like timelines and everything <laughs> earlier with your particular, how your life is going right now. Where do you see yourself like in five years and slash goal wise for your company as well? Goal-wise, I would really like for WOW to reach the audiences that I had in mind for it. But again, God may have another plan Mm -hmm. for me. And that is really to help aspiring professionals, in particular college students. I'd like for WOW to be a nationally recognized brand for elevating the brands of individuals, organizations, especially young athletes, especially young professionals, honor students, leaders. Mm -hmm. Emerging leaders, I would really like for it to be a household name when it comes to being a premier place where people can go online and have a comprehensive way of of building their brand for the good of mankind. Mm -hmm. I really want this to be a part of a leadership's a leader's uh, portfolio. So within five years, that's my goal. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, So with everything that we're dealing with today and Black Lives Matter and, you know, just everything during this difficult time, how have you been coping personally and even your business? Like, have you had to change how you normally conduct your business and what's what's making you hopeful for changes? Oh, I was feeling some type of way over the weekend Mm -hmm. when I saw what happened to George Floyd in Minnesota. And yes, I have changed my business plan to launch WOW online sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. WOW was conducted in person. And because of what happened, I changed my business plan to introduce WOW at the beginning of the second quarter as opposed to the end of the second quarter virtually online. So the series of events have really, from the pandemic, made me really focus more on my relationship with God and making sure that I continue to move forward in a way that's constructive and healthy, connect with my family more than ever. So I'm so happy that I did move to Tampa Mm -hmm. so I can be closer to my family in South Florida. Um, So I wasn't necessarily alone going through the pandemic. But over the weekend, as I watched what happened I really was no longer engaged because I'm not a full-time journalist anymore. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not in reputation management for the first time in more than 20 years, I was managing a crisis. Mm -hmm. And part of me felt so relieved. But when people started sending me video of, for example, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office arresting a black man on his knees with his hands up and all these cops started surrounding him, that angered Mm -hmm. me. I was in tears after watching George Floyd's um, death. I had to reconnect. And what I did to help me cope is write an op-ed that appeared in the Miami Herald, my home paper Mm -hmm. today. So 40 years after a riot took the life, Brandy, you weren't even born, but you may have heard about the Miami riots that destroyed our community. 18 people lost their lives. I was in middle school. I remember my mom taking me to church. Um, It must have been the Sunday after the riot or something because they had curfews. She told me to put my head down because of my fair complexion so that they would not mistake me for a white person because they had dragged a white man and two teenage passengers in the car and beat them to death. Wow. It was, it was, it was so traumatic, but looking back, um, Edna Buchanan, an investigative reporter was the reporter who uncovered a cover up, and the officers were charged with the beating death of a black motorcyclist, but they were acquitted by a Tampa jury because they moved the trial out of town. So looking back on my career, those moments helped me understand that I was meant, I was destined to be a change agent. Mm -hmm. And I did that as a journalist. So everything that's happened in my life has happened for a reason. But over the weekend, again, I had to figure out, which is what I implore you all to do, and you're doing it with this podcast, find a way to stay connected and collaborate with others and, and how we can change this world together. How, and America is waking up. I'm excited to see the CEOs. I'm excited to see the diverse people protesting. I'm especially excited to see Yelp because that was yes, one of the businesses I saw that, that. My ex-husband and I, they're connecting people to black restaurants. And I was so excited about that because that's what I envisioned doing for the business that I had with my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. We are so you know, years later, that's coming to fruition. And that's what it's really going to take. All people of all races, ethnicities, nationalities working together for the good to change the world for the better, but the lives of African Americans for the mm-hmm. better. So that's how I've coped. Wow. That's all. Awesome. I'm just like, I, honestly, it's all just so amazing um, what you're doing. Um, and just how many people's lives that you're impacting as well is just amazing. Yeah, this whole talk has been pretty inspiring. Yeah, I was like, wow, I need to to do some things. But um, You guys are doing it, though. I'm really excited that uh, finance major and uh, Brandy, what's your major again? She's the lead of supply chain and I'm finance. Yeah, I've changed my major several times, though. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But this is proof that you don't have to be a journalist to raise your voice. Mm Right. You're using the skills that you have. I'm so impressed. And that's what I would encourage others to do, really just stay positive, no matter how tough it gets when you're in college and you're trying to reach those goals and you're trying to multitask. But if you stay positive and focused mm-hmm. and build relationships, like I said, and persevere, trust God, meditate, you know, pray, surround yourself with positive people and vibes and don't compromise your values. God is going to open doors and help you get to where you want to be. It just, it really happens organically. I can't tell you 
how many times it's happened. So I'm really impressed with what you guys are doing. I really am. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Um, You basically answered our last question. I mean, with words of advice to someone starting a business or, you know, someone that's had once is a budding future journalist. I mean, with being innovative, um, you know, people knowing you and all these um, being positive and persevering. Is there anything else you would like to add to that and um, what they could do and tips? Always be willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the room with others and you're collaborating, I learned to listen more than speak. Although, as you can imagine, I do enjoy talking, but really read as much as you can. I I don't watch just CNN or MSNBC. I watch Fox Mm -hmm. as well, because I want to hear all views. Yes. And I think if we did that and we respect others, no matter what their sexual orientation is, no matter what their race is, if we respect them and learn to listen, we may not agree with what everyone is saying or their lifestyle or their philosophy or their political views. But at the end of the day, it really is respecting others and they will respect you. I I can't tell you how important I think that is in any field that you aspire to be. If you walk in with an open mind and be willing to learn about the culture, one uh, way I learned about a new culture is my neighbor was Indian and I would smell her cooking Mm -hmm. and I'd be, oh, what is she cooking? It smells amazing. So I started walking with her and learned about her uh, culture. She learned about mine. And we learned that both cultures put a lot of great spices and energy into how they cook. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got to learn about her. And I am a much better person for it. Today, she's like a sister as opposed to a friend. We've gone through life changes and experiences, the birth of her child. I had surgery and she looked out for me. I mean... That's what I've learned about life. So I could be passionate about my African-American, the agenda of the Black journalists, but at the same time, our journalism organization isn't just composed of Black journalists. We have members of all races, um, ethnicities, and working together and and, and have a convention this year with the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. It's going to be virtual online in light of what happened. Mm -hmm. But if you're flexible and you're open-minded, you're going to be a better uh, professional no matter where in your life. You're going to be a better mother, a better parent, a better father, a better person because you don't discriminate, that you see good in everyone. And where there are people who are doing some pretty um, awful things today, Mm -hmm. I certainly see the good in as many people as I can. And that helps me stay healthy and focused on reaching my goals. Wow. That's awesome. We, we um, Unless, did you have any other questions, Salita? Or... Oh, no, I just wanted to say there were so many great takeaways throughout this whole episode. And we're just very thankful that you gave us your time. Yeah. Oh, thank you, ladies, for giving me this platform, this opportunity. And God bless you on your endeavors. I know you're going to be rock stars. I can't wait to see where you go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning into What I Wish I Knew from Media to Brand Building with Kathy Times. Ms. Kathy has also recently written an op-ed for the Miami Herald you guys should check out. We hope everyone is doing well during this time. 
Feel free to check out our Instagram at whatiwishinew.podcast to keep up with us or DM us about any questions you may have. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app, and other platforms. We'll be back next week with a new episode Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Bye, guys.